holidaying. I, I mean, nobody goes to Disneyland except to go and see Disney. Hallelujah. And I believe that anybody celebrating Christmas must celebrate Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. It is our season to remember our salvation. Amen. Let's bow down our heads and say a word of prayer. Father, we thank you so much this afternoon. We ask that you have your way in our midst. Bless us, Lord. Encourage us in your word, Lord. Confirm your word to us, O oh Lord. May we live here, Lord, with greater wisdom and understanding of who you are. Help us not to be hearers of your word only, but also to be doers of the word. We thank you. Holy Spirit, you are welcome. Have your way in our midst. Encourage somebody this afternoon. Revive somebody this afternoon. Heal somebody this afternoon. Let the meaning of the season become more and more evident to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Can I tell you a secret? The devil will try and do everything to steal your joy away from you this Christmas. So all I'm instructing you is that give him no place. Give him no... Listen, he's going to come through all kinds of means. Even through your shopping that you have started doing. That you shouldn't have done. He will come through all kinds of means. Amen. Yeah, things that you are hoping and planning to do this Christmas. A few of them may not come through the way you think. But let it not affect your joy this Christmas. Let nothing affect your joy this Christmas. Because we are just being reminded that indeed our Savior was born. Amen. It's not a hallucination. It's not a myth. It's not a story. It's a fact. Amen. And so in this season, Christmas is one of those seasons I told my daughter yesterday. I said, don't allow anything to take your joy away from you. Amen. Yeah, even atheists buy presents during Christmas. <laughs> yeah, and they, get, they share presents. And um, they drink on behalf of Jesus. <laughs> you don't know. You don't know. If you knew what the things that were being done in the name of Jesus. You know, we have very special guests here. So I have to limit all my examples to very pastoral examples. If you knew what presents people give away during Christmas, you will rise up and be stronger in your faith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some people break their virginity during Christmas. Yeah. It's a gift they give to somebody. Preach, Pastor, preach, 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 preach. Yeah, yeah. In the name of Christmas... All kinds of strange things are done. Because we that we should celebrate Christmas, well, we don't. We also join the same train. Isn't it? Yeah, we join the same train. Spend money we don't have. Go to places we shouldn't go. And do things we shouldn't do. And then we say Christmas was great. If January comes and you are nervous to open any of your letters, you should know that something was wrong with your Christmas. Yeah, it's amazing. People are so excited from now till next week, and they are very miserable the week after. And by the time they have cleared their debt, they are ready for the next Christmas. 
Yeah, I feel like I'm telling somebody also online. Yeah, cut down that shopping. It's not necessary. Yeah, it's not necessary. I mean, sometimes, you know, sometimes, as a pastor, I see the word of God or preaching in everything. So sometimes I'm maybe in Morris, or I'm behind somebody who's shopping, and I'm looking at the person and the items they are picking. <laughs> and I feel like tapping them and telling them that this plum sauce, you don't like it. Just, just put it back. I know it looks very Christmassy, and it will look nice on your Christmas, but you're not going to eat it. It doesn't taste nice. Put it back. Yeah. But I only say it in my head. And, and sometimes I watch them because, you know, they'll take it and look at it and read it, and then I'm praying in tongues. Kabo shatarabate. And then as soon as they put it back on the shelf, I say, Amen. And then I move on to, yeah, yeah. Whatever you do, celebrate Christmas without destroying yourself. Amen. Without destroying your life and your home. Because, you know, 26 December will come. Do you know that? And uh, 1st of January 2020 will also come. So bear that in mind. Yeah. So this is one of the things to remember. That Christ is not one day. Christ is a lifetime. Amen. Yeah. Everything God makes, man perverts. Do you know that? Yeah. And that is why sometimes, and like the last couple of weeks, we've taken time to go back and go over certain things. Tell somebody back to basics. Yeah. Yeah. One plus one is what? Two plus two. Four plus four. Eight plus eight. <laughs> eight plus eight. Sixteen plus sixteen. 32 plus 32. 64 plus 64. 1 to 8. <laughs> yeah, so we have to go back one. 64 plus 64. 1 to 8 plus 1 to 8. Okay, now the voices are reducing. <laughs> First, I had like 30 or 40 voices, 50, but then I had 20. Then by the time I got to 256, I had like 3. 256 plus 256. No, no, no. 256 plus 256. It took you an hour, but you got there, never left. Yeah. 512 plus 512. <laughs> so all I'm saying is that we have to go back to basics. Amen. Because most of these people shouting all the wrong answers, they have degrees. <laughs> In fact, Pastor Emmanuel, some of them hold three or four degrees. And then when I said 256 plus 256, they said 504. I mean, it should tell you that. <laughs> Sometimes we need to go back to basics. Hallelujah. Sometimes it is good to go back to basics. Sometimes in your marriage, it is good to go back to basics. Yeah, sometimes in your relationship, it is good to go back to basics. You know, and maybe go on one knee and remind your wife how much you love her. And why you go back to basics. Sometimes it is good to remember, you know, it will minimize the quarreling and the fighting. Yeah. Hallelujah. If you remember why you married this particular person in the first place, and if you remember what you value so much in this particular person, amen. Ah, because with every gold comes some debt. Hallelujah. Yeah. With anything that is organic has debt in it. 
And the world is even teaching us that we should eat more organic things, which means that things that have dirt around it have more value and have more nutrition. In my dirt is also my excellence. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And that is why we are looking at being born again. Being born again. The essence of Christ's coming was so that salvation will come to the earth. Amen. Because if Christ had not come, he could not have died. And if he had not died, he would not have risen. And if he didn't rise, we would not have mercy. Amen. And so, my question to you this whole month has been, if you are arrested today for being born again, will there be enough evidence to convict you? Would you be jailed or you'll be set free? We say, sorry. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. You, it was an error. In fact, they'll have to compensate you for wrong arrest. If you're arrested because they say you are saved, they heard that you were born again. They were told. They saw one or two signs that they assumed that you were born again. And they come into your life. And they come into your heart. And they come into your home. And they come into your affairs. Will you be convicted? Mm. You know. Because sometimes you can be around something for so long that you believe that you're part of it. Do you understand? Yeah. Somebody said that it doesn't matter how long you stay in the garage, you can never become a car, isn't it? <laughs> First Peter 1.23, the Bible says that being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Today, I just want to try and finish up on some of those things. But just to have a, re a quick recap, I pray that from this day forward, we appreciate and understand that being born again is the basic essence of Christ's coming. Amen. Yes. Christ came. We had signs and wonders. He healed many. He worked many miracles. But the Christ's coming was to seek and save the lost. In fact, the good news of the gospel is the process of salvation. The good news of the gospel is finding out that all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory. And then finding out that God made a remedy for that and gave us his son. And he came and took upon himself all our sins, all our mess, and nailed it upon the cross. And then you come to realize that if you repent of your sin and accept this fact and come to Christ and ask for forgiveness and acknowledge him and accept him, and believe in your heart what you are doing, you will be born again. You will be born again. There is no trick to it. There is no rule on it. Last week, I believe I mentioned the fact that salvation is a free gift. Salvation is a gift. Salvation. I believe that we as Christians who even say we are saved, we need to begin to simplify salvation. And we need to be able to serve it on a single plate without any complications. Because the reality of it is that 
there is nothing that can disqualify anybody from being saved. And there is nothing you as a Christian can do to prevent somebody from being saved. I don't care how much you hate the person. I don't care how much you're annoyed with the person. Once the opportunity is given to that person and they accept Christ, nobody can stop it. Once somebody is born of God and acknowledges God as such, there is nothing you can do. You can despise them all you want. I truly believe that heaven is one place that we are going to be very surprised. Heaven is going to be filled with so much surprise that we would like to come to earth quickly and go back. <laughs> you, you want a minute to come and sort one or two things out and correct one or two statements you have made and then get back there. But the reality is that what you see in scripture is exactly what it is. Amen. So we are going to read a scripture or two. In 2020, I'm going to put away my uh, glasses. There. But I'll do it only when Pastor Sam has put his own away. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 2. He has put his glasses away. Hey, brother, please put your glasses on. <laughs> don't, don't come in. Ephesians chapter 2. The Bible says in verse 4, But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much, that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It was only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us. As shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ. This verse 7 is trying to tell us that if you say you are born again, can, Christ, can God point to you? To the world and say if you want to see my grace and my kindness look at this person hmm. verse 8 says that God saved you by his grace when you believed and you can't take credit for this tell somebody you can't take credit for your salvation yeah it is a gift from God salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done this is a very simple message for us and for the world that when you want to share Christ with somebody, your neighbor, your friend, it is not because the person is so bad. It is not because the person is so good. Because we, if, we, if it's because the person is good, then I can be an atheist and not need God. Because some of the, in fact, some of the most godless countries are the m most morally upright. Yes. A good example is a place like Switzerland. The order in that country is absolutely amazing. The first time I went there and then we, I was being hosted somewhere and the, the, our host came and told us that after 10 p.m., because they were on the second floor of the apartment, the apartment had three or four floors, and once you are above the first ground floor, you cannot flush your toilet after 10 p.m. because the sound will disturb your neighbor. Yeah, so you have to wait till 6 a.m. or whatever before you can resume flashing. 
so that there will be peace and quiet. Yeah. And they obey it. And it is the one country, it is the one country, (laughs) Minister Sheila, be serious. It is the one country that started having like the uh, speeding cameras by law, they have to tell you, give you more details of the existence of the camera, where it is and whatever. Because if they don't tell you that, then they cannot, you know, prosecute you or anything. Yeah. And they are so law abiding. But in Switzerland, a church is regarded as a cult. In Switzerland, they don't acknowledge Christ. Yeah. But their leaders don't steal. Preach, Pastor. Their ministers don't steal. Their government institutions operate perfectly. The people who work wherever they work, work according to the law. Sorry? No. In fact, it's one country that doesn't have an army. It does not have an army. Yeah. And you won't go on the street and see policemen just driving. Yeah. But then you come to other countries, including our own here, where many people go to church. But every time, the police have to be on guard. In fact, you have to even, when you even come into the church, you will see that the same connection that is being out, done outside is being done in the church. In fact, we do it under the guise of hell. Saying that, can they point to you as the grace and the kindness and the goodness of God? That is what makes you make us realize that are we really saved? Or are we just in church? Or are we part of a movement? Are we part of a church? Are we part of a denomination? Do you understand? Do we have a club? Do we have a society? Do we have a group we belong to? Because they are setting, it is telling us that it even goes beyond just being good. So if it goes beyond just being good, it means that at least after being saved. Because the next verse says something. Verse 10 says that. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. You, are, you don't have to be good to be saved. But after you get saved, there are certain good things God has prepared for you to execute. Some of us, in fact, salvation has made us even meaner. Yeah. Meaner, meaner. And we, we, we use Christianity to be very mean. Very mean. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, because I'm a Christian, I, you know, I'm always truthful. Yeah, so I can't help you. Yeah, because if I help you from a place of, you know, that is a sin. So, I'm sorry I can't help you. Yeah. Sometimes we should even think about some of our actions. That maybe, and that is why the uh, Good Samaritan story is in the Bible. It's for us. Because sometimes you are coming to church, yes. Then your neighbor's child falls very ill. And that neighbor is a strong unbeliever. That you have been trying to invite to church for so long. And they have totally ignored you. And their child is very ill. But you have to come to church. To do what? To sing. To hear the word of God. To, yeah. And your, your neighbor's child is dying. And you have a car. Is he alright? Have you called the ambulance? I'm sure they'll be here very soon. And you take your big Bible and go and sit in your car. 
And then you come to church to praise God. But that was a test for you right there. That was an opportunity for you to show your salvation that you say you have. We see it. The opportunity comes to us every day. In our workplace, in our schools, in our homes. Every day the opportunity is there. You see, when you are about to manifest yourself to your husband or to your wife, remember your salvation. Because you see, there's some quarreling that cannot come from God. It has to come from the devil. Because where God is, he fights for peace. Where the devil is, he wants war. So when you have a heart that wants war, it's not from God. Preach, Pastor, preach. Colossians chapter 3. My prayer is that we will test our salvation daily. And we will develop it. The Bible says that newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. What it is saying is that if we say we are saved, there should be continuous transformation and there should be continuous growth. You can't be a Christian after 10 years and you can still utter from your mouth, as for me, that is just how I am. Is that the old you or the new you? There has to be a difference in you before you were saved and after you were saved. And there has to be a difference in you when you got saved and since you have been saved. If I've been saved for five years, ten years, there must be growth in my attitude. There must be growth in my mindsets. There must be growth in my love for others, in my mercy, in my kindness, in my forgiveness. There must be growth. Yeah, I pray that my husband can tell that I forgive him much more than I used to. Yeah, it's a good example. It's a test. It's a test. I'll ask him when we get home, though, I mean, the level of growth. Because if I still have the same attitude, it means I'm not growing. Or my faith is not reflecting in that area. Some of you, the places you work, they can't see God in you. They cannot see God in you. Yeah, they cannot see God in you. Because sometimes when you manifest, they wonder. Who took my pen from my desk? Who did I? I don't like people touching my desk. And this is... Even unbelievers don't do that. And it's a pen. One day I was going to preach somewhere. And I normally go with a certain group of people that normally just go with me and for some reason the person who would normally be driving couldn't so this person volunteered said oh no I I want to go so said we should sit in her car Gee. I, reg- I wish I could take that time we did those days we didn't have uber I would have called an uber for everybody so then we got another car so I didn't have to go with them I went and when they arrived at the place normally everybody's excited and they were also you were just driving behind me what is the matter and when they came they said Pastor we are not going back with her we are not going back I said you can't you you can't stay here he said no no no." I said why they said as soon as they sat in the car and they put their seatbelt on then she started I don't know if she had it on her phone or but she started reading out the rules of her car 
Uh, oh, she didn't say you don't eat. If you say you don't eat, she, she said, please, no crisps, no sweets, no, no. She gave details. No juice, there's, you can have water. No, there's. So they, they were like, oh, wow, okay, okay, cool, cool. Then they were going, so everybody obeying the laws of the land that you are in. Then it was like, wow, you remember last year when we came to this place? Eh? I think the sound level has gone above the. <laughs> so I told them that, listen, the journey is only a short one, so do it, but release yourself now. You are here. Enjoy whatever. Then I located and I called. I said, are you okay? But I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. I don't even want to talk about this now. When we get back, we'll talk about it. I said, yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> She's a little bit old. So some of them tried to find other ways to go back. But there were one or two people who had no choice. And they had to sit. So when we got back the Sunday after she came into my office, and I was like, why were you so upset? Pastor, I don't know how they treat their homes and their lives. As for me, I don't. Everything around me is spotless. And I don't, I, like, I was just, I, I don't, and it was really. I didn't counsel her or anything. I said, hey, call your children and let them come in. So her children came in. I said, how do you cope with mommy at home? Ooh, open the floodgates of heaven. <laughs> Let it rain. <laughs> Let it rain. The daughter, the elder daughter said, I've even stopped bathing in the house. Because the cleaning I have to do after bathing is not worth the bath. <laughs> it's not worth the bath. So sometimes after school, she'll go to a friend's house and shower. She said to her, well, as soon as you finish bathing, she comes to have a look, see. I said, she said, what about eating? Even when she cooks, won't eat. So when the kids left the room, I asked her that, did you realize the impact it has had? No, they've never told me any. I said, how would they be able to tell you? I said, then when I finished with her a little bit, I said, we'll continue this matter later. And then I said a prayer in my head. Then I called the husband. When he came, he sat down. I said, brother, let's hold hands. <laughs> and this is a woman who is supposed to be a strong Christian. In the end, he ran away. What, we went to chase him. We chased, we, we chased him. But you know when, when you are chasing somebody, but you don't have enough vim. Yeah, you, you know, it's sort of like, brother, I think you have to come back, brother. And then, no, resist. Brother, brother. We, are, we are trying, we are trying. It's not working. Because I could feel his pain. And I'm also sure that he was also looking at Reverend and I that, hey, are you people... <laughs> But she's a Christian. She's a Christian. And I tried to explain to her 
that if we all lived our Christian life like this, nobody would be saved. Have you seen your children? You're hardening their heart towards Christ. Because if this is what God does to people, they don't want any bit of it. And the, the daughter like this, her friend, uh, her friend she had was a totally different religion. And she found so much joy in their house. She was also always welcomed into the house. When she went, she ate, she slept, she bathed. <laughs> she used the shower. <laughs> in somebody's house. And turns it off. It was a very serious, but this was a Christian, a grown Christian. And she's always proud to say that I've been a Christian for 25 years. Yes, and all the different pastors that she has served under. But she was very mean. But after salvation, there is some good expected of you. And it's not good for yourself, but good for others. It's a test of your salvation. And that is why sometimes it even looks as if baby Christians are more Christian than those who have been Christians for a long time. Yeah. Colossians 2. Even it breaks my heart. I'm just going to read this passage of scripture for us. <laughs> oh, <laughs> listen, we went, we didn't go city by city to look for him, oh. went country by country to look for him. When, when we finally located him and we saw the peace around him <laughs> and we saw the joy around him, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we, <laughs> we just decided that <laughs> we had no other message to add to. <laughs> Colossians 3 encourages us and helps us to walk in a way that reflects the experience of salvation. People ask a lot of questions and sometimes we have Christian arguments. But this is a passage of scripture that I will encourage all of us that every now and then just go back to it and see how you are faring. The Bible says that if we will judge ourselves, we will not be judged will not be judged. You don't need anybody to come in. I always say that, listen, you can't tell me the things I do wrong because you, you don't know all of it. I know more than you know. So you can't come and point out my faults for me. I have them. There are some that you, you don't know. The only person who knows all my faults is me and God. So you don't need somebody else coming to say, do not, do, don't do this. Do Christians have to do this? Don't do it is, it's very irrelevant what list anybody carries or how anybody marks or judges you. It's totally irrelevant. It is how you judge yourself in accordance to the word of God. So the Bible says, since you have been raised to new life with Christ, since you say you are born again, now set your sights on the realities of heaven. You cannot be born again 
and now heaven is not in your equation. We are getting a strange kind of faith now that people become Christians for so long and they don't think about heaven. They don't acknowledge heaven. They don't plan for heaven. They don't care whether there's a heaven here on earth. Where Christ sits in the place of honor at God. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. What the scripture is trying to say is that even though we are in the world and we live in the world and we are on earth, live and walk through with heaven in mind. Interpret your walk with heaven in mind. Yeah. That is why we always say that, listen, it is good to say, God, prosper me. I want to be a millionaire. I want to be a billionaire. I want to be whatever. But what is the essence of it? A Christian will say, my wealth will save many. My wealth will depopulate hell. Somebody too, their wealth is so that they can become ostentatious and get very proud and become more arrogant and God willing be able to sit with the high and mighty. I said it this morning, I'm saying it again because 2020, some of us, God is truly going to bless us. Yeah, the work of our hands will prosper. But I pray that it will not be the source of your distraction. Think on these things. How do you see people? How do you relate with people? How do you interpret people? Yeah, when you see somebody who is deep in sin, what do you see them as? Because sometimes as Christians, we just see the person as a bad person. We don't think of the person as a soul I must reach. How would I touch this person? How can I reach this person? No, you look at them and say, how can I stay away from this person? How far can I separate myself? And then when we are really Pharisaic, say, thank God. I'm not like that. Thank God. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden in Christ. It's hidden with, God, in, with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in his in all his glory. What the scripture is saying is that when people see you, they must see Christ. Yeah. When people see you, they must see Christ. When people, I pray that 2020 will be a year that we become bolder with our faith. We become more radical with our faith. Not because of what we are being told, but because of the life we are living. Because if my life is hidden in Christ, it means that till you crack Christ, you can't find me. Till you touch Christ, you can't find me. I don't see how you can say you are a born-again Christian and the person that you are hell-bent on marrying is an unbeliever. Obviously, they didn't see Christ anywhere near you. Because if they have to come through Christ to locate you, Verse 5, so put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshipping the things of, the, of this world. I like the fact that this verse takes sexual sins, evil desires, 
and add greediness to it so that it will let us all know that there are certain earthly things lacking within us. Because, you see, being born again does not mean that certain earthly affections or desires disappear. You have to deal with it because of the person you have chosen. Yeah. If you marry John, James, Peter, and must die in your life. But James, Peter, and Cole will not die unless you kill them. If you say you are married to John, you have to be able to tell James and Peter, I am married. John is my husband. And because of that, it's not appropriate for you to be calling me. It's not appropriate for you to be visiting me. I cannot come and see you. I definitely cannot go out for a meal with you. I'm sorry. I don't hate you. But see you later. So how can we say that now we say that we are the bride of Christ. And though we are the bride of Christ, we have gone to engage ourselves with all other kinds of... See, let's stop looking at our faith in a corporate manner. It is a very... We don't go to heaven. Those CICC, come this way. <laughs> Angels delight. They, are, it, they don't do that. Yeah. The roll call that's in heaven, it doesn't have churches on there. It doesn't have denominations on there. It doesn't have ministries on there. In fact, it doesn't even have titles on there. When you get there, they don't say pastors. <laughs> when you get there, they call you and your works that you did since the day you got saved follow you. Some of us will have an empty page. They'll call your name and then you'll be scrolling through to find one, one item, one item. <laughs> then you'll be trying to say, oh, I actually, the other time I was hanging out with Beulah Dems when they were, I was there. Even uh, uh, Blessed of the Father, Friends Feast, I, I came to help. Yeah, it was me. <laughs> then they'll say, <laughs> says, because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world. But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Pastor Mano, there is no place that you can find slander and malicious behavior more than the church. People can be in church and be angry with people for years. And sometimes they are singing together in the choir and they don't talk. That is why the wrath of God comes. Because it's like I've saved all of you. I, your, your, my, this person's salvation is not less than your salvation. My salvation is equally powerful as your own. When you see church people gossiping, you'll be afraid. You will be afraid. Sometimes, you remember that the scripture told us that God will point to us as to show the world his grace, his kindness, his goodness. But when they see you in the saloon or somewhere, and the way you are describing your own church, and yet when they finish their gossiping, oh, next week, will you come to me, to my church with me? (laughs) 
personally, when I hear people talking about their pastor, even when I don't know the pastor, I intervene. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you can have this discussion, go and stand in front of him and have that discussion. Just as you are a Christian, so is your pastor a Christian. So is the person you don't like also a Christian. He says that when we were in the world, we used to do these things. He says, now get rid of them. When you were in the world, you used to do, when you were in the world, you used to do. Do you know all of us, when we were in the world, what our used to do is different? Do you know that? Yeah. For some of us, this gossiping kind of thing, you were anointed to do it in the world. Yeah, some people are gifted. Yeah, you were, you were a fighter. You were the one friends call when they are going to fight. Oh, will you come with me? What Jane has said about me today, I'm not going to come, come. And then when you, normally when they get there, they all step back for you. And then you take the stage. And then when you finish the fight, they clap for you. Yeah. And then they'll call you a best friend. Then you become saved. And still you bring the fighting into the house of God. And the house of God, we fight about the strangest of things. Reverend, did you realize that people get angry all through the service because they told them where to sit? It's a demonic spirit when you can't even sit on a chair in church. Because that cannot be a fight. That cannot be a fight. It's an evil spirit. You are in church. The service is an hour and a half, two hours. You can't sit wherever they've told you to sit. Where you want to sit, what is there? Do you know whether today God wants them to put you on that chair because the Lord is just about to touch that chair that you are going to be sitting on? It's a, it's a foul spirit. It's a behavior that is in you that you have to change. God has given you a new spirit. He hasn't given you a new body. And your soul is depending on you and the word of God to be transformed. And it's some of these little things that will tell you whether you are saved or not. Yeah, and whether you are growing in your faith or not. Is that, you should be able to say, hey, I used to be so irritated about these things now. It doesn't... Yeah. And that is why I'm saying that the best people to tell you that you are a true reflection of your faith is your family, your husband, your wife, your children. In fact, your children will tell you the truth. Yeah. If you like today, when you go to them home, those who have children who can talk, ask them. And then they'll just tell you, Daddy, please don't be angry. <laughs> Mommy, don't be angry. And then they'll deliver a verdict for you. And the verdict they deliver is the true one. It's the true one. Let us stop playing church and playing our faith and becoming Christians by title and by whatever. I'm a CICC member. I'm a, we are not, we are not members. We are members of Christ. And what Christ does is what we want to do. Let me finish this verse so that we can go home. I said when you go home, read this chapter again and let it encourage you. Yeah, malicious behavior, slander. Slander is lying about people, telling tales about people. Sometimes we make up the story. Sometimes we have one line of the story that's true. Then we add a chapter. Because sometimes the story is not nice. If you say, hey, I saw Mr. and Mrs. They were having sort of a quarrel in the foyer. It doesn't sound nice. Hey, then she took her shoe. Then she knelt down. You see, it makes it more exciting. <laughs> And dirty language. 
dirty language, foul language. Yeah. When you get angry and you are still swearing, because, because you're a Christian, you watch yourself, okay, I'm in church, I'm there. But you see, when you get angry, oh, then you see that the, <laughs> the, words, the words start flowing. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you continue to learn to know your creator and become more like him. Amen. Put on your new nature and be renewed continuously as you learn to know your creator and become more like him. It is a process. It is an effort. Let us stop doing this. Oh, Lord, please help me to get rid of my sins. Ah, I declare uh, righteousness and holiness in Jesus. No. When you have declared righteousness and holiness in Jesus' name, delete the number from your phone. Block pornography from your phone. Stop what you are watching. Stop what you are listening to. Stop going to where you are going. Stop drinking what you are drinking. Don't just pray and continue to do what you are doing. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you're a Jew or a Gentile, circumstance, circumstance, slavery, Christ is all that matters. Tell somebody that Christ is all that matters. Christ is all that matters. And he says that he lives in all of us. Since God chose you to be the holy people, he loves you. You must clothe yourself with tender-hearted mercy. Can the church show mercy? Can Christians show mercy? Can we become more and more merciful? People stop coming to church when they sin because they feel that when they come crucifixion, the cross is here. They'll be placed on the cross. But I always tell you that, listen, a lot more people sin in church that are not caught. Then we crucify those who are caught. Some people are skillful sinners. And so we regard them as righteous. A good thief is not caught. A bad thief is caught. A good sinner is not caught. Yeah. Because somebody will make a mistake. And maybe or go and, have, go and sleep with somebody. And have a baby. But somebody also knows where to go to and just get rid of the baby. Be merciful. Show kindness. Be humble. Gentleness. And patience. Show a little kindness. Show a little kindness. Show a little kindness. Show a little, just a little kindness. Yes. Yes. I know the person may be horrible. I know the person may be funny. I know the person may have misbehaved. I know the person may have done something wrong. I know the person may have hurt you. But you are saved. So show mercy. Be tender-hearted. Just, just, just be kind. Just be more accommodating. Just a little bit more accommodating. Just a little bit more accommodating. Gee. You want your pound of flesh. You will get it. But it comes with blood. Make allowance for each other's faults. Forgive anyone who offends you. Because remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. I'm about to give you my last verse and we go home. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. 
And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your heart. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. One of my greatest blessings is the coming to that realization that you can create peace. You can create peace. In your home, you can create peace. In your mind, you can create peace. In your life, you can create peace. You choose peace. Where there is war, you choose peace. Yeah, where you can make war, you make peace. Let this message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do, whatever you say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God be the Father. To God the Father. Somebody asked me this and it's always been asked, what is the will of God? What is the will of God? What? This verse gives you a clear covering that whatever you are doing, do it to the glory of God. Whatever you are doing, does it bring glory to God? It says whatever you do, in all your deeds, in all your saying, hey, whatever you are saying, whatever you are doing, and whatever you are thinking, let it bring glory to God. So if what you are doing does not bring glory to God, you should know there's something wrong with it. Whatever you are saying, if it doesn't glorify God, you might, that is why things like, it's okay, I forgive you, it doesn't matter, let it go. It brings glory to God. Yeah, when you see somebody and say, I love you, I appreciate you. When you see somebody and say, thank you for helping, thank you for being there for me, thank you for not cutting me off, thank you, it brings glory to God. I pray that we'll walk in this humility and we'll walk in this word that God has saved us for good works. God didn't save us because of good works, but after saving us, he has brought us to a place where we can do a lot of good works. We can walk in a lot of good works. I pray that it will be our heart's desire and it will be our lifestyle that our very lives will bring glory to God.